Smartcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 99 of the Burden of Command podcast. I'm your host, Earl Brian. Today's guest comes to us from our friends over at C.S. Lewis Publicists and Company, and his name is Lynn Guerin. Now, Lynn is CEO of the John R. Wooden Course and president and head coach of his family-owned coaching, training, and performance development firm, Guerin Marketing Services. For the past 20 years, he has had the unique privilege of partnering with legendary UCLA basketball coach John Wooden and the Wooden family. Now, he is a co-author of the book, Coach Him Way Up, Five Lessons for Leading the John Wooden Way with Mr. Jason Levin. Uh, This is a great book. We're going to talk a lot about this and about uh, Coach Wooden's legacy and uh, some of the things that he accomplished that... Some of y'all may or may not know, but Lynn, with his close relationship to uh, Coach Wooden and the Wooden family, has got a lot of great stories that he shares throughout this podcast that uh, I believe are are probably new to a lot of folks. So with that, I'm going to go ahead and get out of your way and let you get into this great interview and great storytelling session with Mr. Lynn Guerin. All right, Mr. Guerin, thanks for joining me and my listeners today. Great to be with you. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. And like, you know, as, as my listeners heard in the uh, in the pre-roll bio there, um, you know, with your background in doing what you do and having the, the uh, fairly close relationship with somebody like uh, Coach Wooden, I'm very interested to hear your take on that uh, kind of foundational question of the show. When you hear the phrase burden of command, what does that mean to you? Uh, it, it's a fascinating phrase, Earl, and it really, uh, you know, it, it, it causes me to uh, to kind of shake the brain around a little bit because, uh, you know, uh, Coach Wooden was an English teacher and he was great at the, at the whole idea of very, uh, you know, practical and clear definitions of words. So when I think about those two words together, uh, the burden of command, I actually am a little bit uh, ambivalent uh, because on uh, on the one hand, uh, like from a military standpoint, we certainly understand the idea of command, uh, a, a senior leader having a clear view of what needs to get done. Uh, and the communication that needs to flow to to make sure that the the mission is accomplished or the task is accomplished. 
And then you think about the word burden and the possibility that, uh, you know, the command or the task or the mission that a leader might be asking people to go through could could be a heavy burden, could be a very heavy price uh, in, in a military sense, asking someone to put their life on the line to protect our freedoms or, you know, to accomplish an important mission, you know, connected to a big view of, of something that needs to get done. But yet, on the other hand, you know, the idea of uh, accountability and responsibility as a leader, as a teacher, as a coach, someone who's in a position of authority, uh, I, I'm not so sure it's as much a burden um, as it is a, a, a responsibility and a privilege. Uh, you know, the opportunity to serve others, uh, the opportunity to help others grow and develop uh, through the experiences they have. Um, you know, a, a person that takes command you know, has to be prepared to take that command and they have to be prepared to take the accountability and responsibility, but ultimately the privilege to perhaps accomplish major things uh, that can only happen through people and to give the opportunity for people to step up to a responsibility that could be some representation of what their best might be, what their best contribution might be, what their best effort might be, what the best a uh, combination of their skills and their talents and all their preparation might be. Uh, that's a real privilege to have an opportunity to bring out the best of others. So um, I, I'm not uh, not sure that that the idea of burden and command uh, come together <laughs> in my mind as powerfully as maybe some other combination of words connected. Uh, you know, to people accomplishing very important ideas and having the privilege and responsibility to help people do that. Yeah, no, I mean, I I think they're uh, I think it's a little bit closer than than you might think because what I, I love the way you you define that and and talking about words matter. You know, uh, burden is is really just defined uh, as as a uh, load, often a heavy one. Yes. And, and, uh, you know, but I also agree and, and love your, your use of the word privilege because I, I a hundred percent agree. Cause, uh, you know, it's one of the things I wrote a piece a long, long time ago, several years ago, uh, basically defining leadership as a privilege gifted to you by those that choose to follow you. Yes. And, and, you know, that's the thing, right? Kind of what you're saying, like, Nobody, not even Coach Wooden, he can't walk in and say, hey, I'm your leader. The people have to accept him to follow him before he's actually their leader, right? Absolutely. Yeah, he had a very interesting, um, he had a very interesting definition of, uh, of leadership, uh, you know, that, that, that came together in a, uh, in a way that it, it sounds, uh, sounds pretty simple. Um, you know, he thought uh, a team was it was a group of individuals who are committed to fulfilling roles so that the group may succeed. Uh, so as a leader, it was his job first to recognize the individuality of all that, uh, look at the opportunity to really develop commitment and have people committed. Uh, the idea of clearly understanding the role that everybody plays on the team and then never moving away from this idea that what was most important was that the group 
might succeed. Uh, Coach Wooden used to say that the star of the team is the team. And he never moved away from that, even though he, he had uh, some of the greatest stars that ever played the game, but many, most of whom, if not all of whom, did it in a very unselfish way. He had very high profile athletes who often consistently subverted their own personal interests for the interests of the team. So uh, in his definition of leadership, it was always ultimately letting them know that they did it themselves. It was about his opportunity to help the team perform at the highest level, but ultimately he was going to give them the credit for what they accomplished. Yeah, no, and, and, and I love that. And, you know, uh, I've mentioned it before uh, a couple times on here before, but, you know, there's another famous uh, Indiana-connected coach, uh, Tony Dungy, who yes. had a very similar uh, yes. take on on teams i'm sure in some way it was probably uh it was probably tied back to some experiences with coach wooden uh because most coaches have some uh affiliation with at least his philosophies but in his book uncommon he he made a comment about the colts and so for anybody who's not that big on the nfl or or on the colts there was a stretch of, of time there where you know the colts and the patriots were like the two teams and, you know, they were, the Colts were going like 13 and three and 12 and four, but they only won one Super Bowl in that stretch. And what Tony Dungy said in his book was that team that won the Super Bowl, it wasn't the most talented team he'd ever had. In fact, he'd had much more talented teams before, but that was the team that functioned the most like a team. And that was the yes. difference between having a great season and winning a Super Bowl. Absolutely. Yeah, I think also that Tony and Coach had a lot in common when it came to the foundational values uh, that they had as men uh, and where those foundations came from and how they were developed. They were both men of very strong faith and, uh, you know, foundational beliefs, um, you know, that were rooted uh, in Judeo-Christian principles. And uh, I think the, uh, the quality of those values gave them the kind of strength they needed as men to be the the inspirational teachers they were for the for the men they had a chance to lead. Exactly, exactly, and that makes all the difference uh, in, in the world. Is is that kind of that that foundation as you mentioned? And you know, speaking of that, I'm really kind of curious because uh, you know it's not everybody that gets to kind of travel in that rarefied air of somebody like a uh, coach Wooden. How did you get to meet him and, and uh, have such a close relationship with him and, and his work? Yeah, Earl, I'd say it, it was just um, just a gift from God, uh, but it, it connected uh, directly to my work. I've been in the consulting and training and performance improvement field uh, most of my career. Um, I started out working for a couple of large companies, uh, J&J and General Electric, you know, as a young uh, sales guy with some marketing and communication responsibility, and then ultimately went to work for a company in the Detroit area uh, connected to the car business who was in the consulting and training and performance improvement field. It was called uh, the Sandy Corporation. And uh, Sandy used to talk about being, uh, their mission was basically to bridge the gap between performance and potential. They were a custom firm that did some really interesting work for some very good companies 
um, uh, particularly General Motors was where they developed their expertise um, and but did a lot. Uh, I helped them develop some business outside of the automotive area. Uh, and that's really what uh, where the connection with John Wooden came from. I actually went to California from Michigan to help launch a luxury car company, the Infinity Division of Nissan. We mm-hmm. actually worked on a project for a half a dozen years that literally took that company from scratch to having uh, 150 dealerships in place across the country and really trying to invent the luxury car business from a customer service standpoint, helping them define and deliver something called the total ownership experience. Well, through that process uh, of working and building that business on the West Coast with Sandy, uh, ultimately I, I left Sandy and started up my own company called Garen Marketing Services and actually won a contract with Toyota Uh, who was headquartered in uh, Torrance, California, and had a chance to help them develop uh, their corporate university, the University of Toyota, and in that process, um, develop some initial curriculum that involved the idea of coaching. uh, And we reached out to some famous coaches, uh, and that's how I met John Wooden. I didn't know Coach, uh, but uh, I knew someone who did know him, got introduced, to coach, uh, took the idea of him to him of working on this uh, initial project, uh, which we did, brought him in uh, to corporate headquarters there in Toyota, put him in front of camera, uh, front of a camera for a period of time and asked him some pretty pointed questions about what coaching was all about. And over a period of time, uh, got so enamored and so immersed in this just amazing human being. Uh, And I mean, that had nothing to do with his reputation as the greatest coach of all time. But when you were in John Wooden's physical presence, it was just remarkable. Uh, I don't know, the sense of greatness and goodness and humility and peace uh, that he represented as a man, uh, his character and how well defined that was. And but over a period of time, I, I just got this idea of uh, started to look around and, and realize that this is the best teaching I've ever heard on coaching and a whole lot of other things connected to life. And this pyramid of success idea he had, I, I had never, I'd been studying leadership behavior and performance behavior for 25 years and never saw anything as powerful and as complete as I believed the pyramid of success was. And so eventually sat down, wrote coach a, heartfelt five-page letter and gave him a vision of creating a course called the John R. Wooden course based on all his teachings. And that's kind of how we got started. He loved the idea, but when I first presented it to him, he told me no. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But I didn't take no. I was so excited about the possibility of building a business around it that I just I heard no, but I didn't take no, (laughs) even though I'd heard uh, and had seen that Coach Wooden's yes was his yes and his no was his no. But we continued to work together on some pretty interesting work and got him some nice fees and projects and things. And a year later, he actually changed his mind. And then we spent nearly a year and a half inventing and writing and developing and beginning to launch and teach the John R. Wooden course. And I've been at it uh, ever since, trying to refine it and build it and turn it into something that it should be based on the quality of his teachings and ultimately the impact 
that potentially I think it can have in the world in which we live today in a world that needs it more than ever uh, with all the challenges we have uh, in our culture uh, today. Yeah, well, first of all, thank you for being persistent. And uh, second of all, thank you for you know writing this book that kind of uh, does a good job of uh, whether you're very familiar with Coach Wooden or whether you've really just heard his name or even if you haven't heard his name. Uh, Coach Him Way Up, Five Lessons for Leading the John Wooden Way. Uh, it's a great book. I love the way you've put it together. Uh, I love the way you've broken things down into these uh, these lessons, if you will. Uh, but what I really love about this is, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a big fan of uh, basically things happening the way that they're supposed to happen. <laughs> and and my last guest was a gentleman by the name of Bill Ekstrom, and he talked very much in in that podcast about uh, replacing the word leadership with coach. Uh-huh. And, and and I like that concept. Uh, and, and I think it fits very well in with your experiences. We are talking about the pyramid and really what coach Wooden did because yeah, he was a leader, but everybody knows him as a coach really. Right. Well, it, yeah, early, you couldn't be more, uh, in line with the way, uh, we are thinking about things and the way we think coach Wooden has directed us. Um, I mean, we honestly think that today uh, that that being a head coach is um, is sort of the top of the bar uh, from the leadership perspective, and that leadership skills are just being are just a part of being a great coach, not vice versa. Um, as as we say um, uh, in the book, all great coaches are good leaders but not all good leaders are great coaches. Uh, And and we really see the framework today more focused on coaching than on leadership. Uh, We think it's also much more consistent or uh, or there's a possibility that it's uh, it's much more the needed model uh, for today uh, than ever, uh, particularly with younger people who aren't very uh, excited to be bossed, to be managed, to be supervised. Uh, They're very skeptical of leadership and being led, but coaching seems to be something that they're a lot more familiar with and a lot more comfortable with because it seems to be a lot more about them and a lot less about the person that they're taking orders from. Unfortunately, I think, you know, in a period of six or seven decades, uh, you know, that top-down model of leadership that's been so much a part of our uh, military culture and our business culture doesn't work as well as it once did. Um, And uh, so the idea of becoming a a more effective coach, a better facilitator, uh, probably more engaging with the people that we work and responsible for, I think has become a better a better model for getting things done uh, than you know some of the more hierarchical models that you and I, with uh, with our age, are more familiar with and 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 were basically subscribed to, and the way we were raised. There wasn't 
you know, I, I played the four sports growing up and played uh, some college football. And there wasn't a lot of debate going on between you and your head coach right. when he was when he was barking orders, you know, and telling you what to do and telling you he didn't have time to tell you what you were doing right uh, today. Young people seem to be need to be very encouraged with the things that they're doing right to try to get them to do the things that they aren't doing and need to do better. So I think coaching has really become the model for what a, a next generation of leadership needs to be all about. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And, you know, and that's one of the kind of interesting things there, uh, you know, when, when folks bring up kind of military leadership and, and uh, trust me, I, I get 100 percent what you said, what you said, because it's true, because, uh, you know, the truth is that that type of hierarchical uh, leadership, it never even worked in the military as much as that's the great <laughs> stereotype. You Interesting. Know, all, yeah, I mean, all all the people that we think of as as great leaders, even through history and up until today, uh, they they really knew some of these things. And again, this is what I love about this book. It ties in very tightly with with military leadership. You know, uh, for instance, you know, you you highlight in in the book uh, the the need to really self assess and and know who you are before you can really start this journey. Well, what we teach here at the Leadership Phalanx is kind of an adapted version of the 11 leadership principles that the DOD teaches. And our version of it uh, that we, we kind of civilianized was uh, introspection and improvement. And yes. it's the same thing here. You need to know where you are before you can figure out how to get where you need to be. Right. Um, and, and so... Just out of curiosity, because I'd love to hear your take on it and, and hear uh, your experiences with Coach Wooden. Why do you all believe that getting to know yourself is such an important piece of the puzzle? Um, I, I would respond very personally uh, around that. I'd say because it it's it's probably the single most challenging thing that you try to accomplish in your lifetime. Mm-hmm. Getting to know who you really are as a person seems like it's a lifetime endeavor. Uh, you know, Coach Wooden was influenced very, very early, uh, probably before he was in, even in his teens, by his father with a, with a very uh, simple sort of set of rules that his dad called the Seven Point Creed. Uh, and, and it was seven ideas that he wrote literally on a piece of a little piece of paper uh, and gave it to Coach Wooden when he graduated from from grade school. And literally all he said was, son, try to live your life after these things. And the first thing on that creed was be true to yourself. Mm. Right. That very strong principle. Know thyself. Well, to be true to yourself, you have to know yourself. And over a period of, you know, different places and ways in your life, you have to find a way to take a good, hard, fresh coach, like to say a good, hard inside look at who you really are. Um, What we've tried to do with Coach Wooden's Pyramid of Success, and we developed this very powerful assessment tool that we call the Individual Success Assessment, was we took his Pyramid of Success, which we think is this incredibly comprehensive definition of human behavior and gave people a chance to assess themselves using Coach Wooden's pyramid. 
So that, that idea of being true to yourself and the pyramid starts with, you know, it's all of the behaviors that we're involved in every day. He started with two very powerful behaviors, industriousness. Uh, even we could spend a lot of time, Earl, just talking about that one block on Coach Wooden's pyramid, even around the idea that he called it industriousness and he didn't call it hard work. Great. Um, you know, he grew up uh, in, in the developing industrial age. So industriousness was a word that communicated back in those days, right? If you were going to be industrious, you were going to be busy, which meant you took hard work. But Coach had a very different view of being busy. He liked to say, no activity without achievement. Mm. So being busy wasn't enough. It was the idea of being busy to accomplish something that was important, something that needed to get done that could be done the best way you can do it. So, um, so this idea of be true to yourself, he then gave us all of the behaviors that we need to help us understand what it really means to be true, true to ourselves, And we're only true in, in how we see our own behavior play out on a day-to-day -day basis. You can think about things, you can have certain feelings, uh, all of which you know starts with the quality of your thinking, which we talk about in the book. But ultimately you are what you do every day and having a really good understanding of how your actions play out from a day-to-day -day behavior standpoint is really a powerful way to take a good look at yourself. Yeah, no, it, it absolutely is. And, and I love the story there about the, the, the note from his dad, because, you know, it, it's amazing where some of those little pearls of wisdom come from. And um, I've shared the story a couple of times on my podcast, but I remember uh, my grandfather, I couldn't have been more than, I don't know, maybe five, six, seven years old. And we were at a park or something and there was a statue uh up there of some some guy i still don't know i couldn't remember who it is to this day but i remember asking him you know i said hey you know, i'm from northeast tennessee we call him papaws i said hey papa <laughs> said uh why did they build a statue of of this guy and he just kind of looked at me and goes that's an interesting question he goes when I die, he goes, I'd rather have people asking why they didn't build a statue in my honor than asking why they did. <laughs> Interesting. And, yeah. You know, it, it kind of stuck with me. Now, I never, obviously, my, my six, seven-year-old brain, whatever it was, couldn't process the gravity of that. But, you know, that, that's a really good way to look at life is like if you live your life so people ask why they didn't build a statue of your honor in your honor instead of why they did, that means you've left a legacy behind, right? Yes. Yeah. So well, it's inter interesting as you, as you share that I'm, on the back side of our book, there's a picture of myself and uh, and my a business partner who was my client who wrote the book with us with me, and we're standing in front of John Wooden's statue uh, that is in front of Pauley Pavilion, the house that Wood built on the campus at uh, at UCLA, and there are two or three statues of Coach. There's actually a a pretty funny story about a statue that was built uh, and put uh, at his high school in Martinsville, Indiana. Uh, when the statue was built uh, initially and delivered, they had an accident and the statue tipped and the head fell off of the statue. <laughs> and, and and before uh, they could uh, put get the statue up and hold the ceremony that they were going to have, 
they had to get the architect uh, back in and build the statue, uh, you know, recreate the head for it. And somehow they ended up with a picture that wasn't John Wooden's. And they put a, a head on John Wooden's statue that turned out not to be his face. Oh, no. I don't know and, that I've uh, ever heard that story. Yeah. And, and Coach liked to laugh about it. He, he didn't want to tell him. He says, hey, that guy's a lot better looking than I was. So let's not change it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but that's how, well, that was also his sense of humility. Uh, he was, you know, the real statues in John Wooden's life were the men whose lives that he had a chance to develop. Mm. Uh, those those were the real trophies uh, that really mattered. And how how high he's how high and tall he saw them stand mattered so much more to him than any statue that would ever be built about uh, about him. Mm. You know that that that's that's a funny story again. Like I said, I've never heard that. But that that last piece you said right there. I mean that 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 is. I think that's another good anecdote to kind of separate coach from leader. Uh, because I, I remember remember another great coach, Coach Bill Parcells. Uh, when he got inducted to the NFL Hall of Fame, uh, one of the people asking, uh, interviewing him leading up to that, they asked him, so, you know, everybody always asks you, what's your greatest accomplishment? I'm going to take a different spin on this question. What is your greatest failure as a coach? And Parcells didn't skip a beat. He looked at him, he says, Lawrence Taylor. Mm. And they look at him and they say, but, you know, Lawrence Taylor made it into the Hall of Fame. And he goes, yeah, he goes, but look at all of the things that he had to struggle with in his personal life outside of football. So what I failed to understand with Lawrence Taylor is my job was just as much, if not more, about helping him become a good man as it was about helping him become a good football player. And I failed in that respect. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's uh, not ironic, but uh, Bill Parcells was someone who was very influenced by Coach Wooden, I think part of that awareness was part of, I think, a growing understanding of the kinds of uh, kind of coach that John Wooden was. Coach uh, had a lot of influence. Bill Parcells actually came to Coach Wooden on occasion, and Coach helped him essentially try to get later in his career his philosophy of coaching down. Uh, Coach Wooden did a lot of counseling uh with other coaches around that. And it always started, uh, that counseling always started with that idea of having that head coach take a good hard inside look at himself and really uh, try to define exactly what his coaching philosophy was. And oh, by the way, if you don't have it on paper, you don't have one uh, because you can't be consistent in how you teach it and how you execute it and how you might refine it uh, on a year to year basis, if you don't have it well documented. So he spent a lot of time with, uh, men like uh, Bill Parcells on just that, uh, on that subject. Yeah, no, that's, that, that's good to know. I, I, I kind of figured, I mean, there's, you're going to be kind of hard pressed to be a coach in the last 20, 30 years, I'll say at least of anything and not be influenced by John Wooden's philosophies in some way, shape or form. So that's, yeah. Yeah, we're doing some work right now with the uh, Kansas City Royals Major League Baseball team and their manager, uh, Mike Matheny. I'm working with their director of organizational leadership, and we've actually taught some John Wooden principles at their academy in the Dominican Republic uh, with their coaches. They're working real hard uh, developing young baseball players in the Dominican 
for a lot of reasons, uh, not, uh, one of which is financial. It's a lot less expensive uh, to develop a, a great baseball player, bring him out of the Dominican, than it is to uh, have to spend $3 million on the contract of a kid who's playing Division One baseball and signs <laughs> in the draft, you know, out of uh, one of America's good colleges. Um, but they're doing a great job teaching life skills, and we actually are teaching um, the pyramid of success. And I'm working with the guy who runs uh, that academy and the, the gentleman who's in charge of organizational leadership. The Royals are also uh, wanting to, to uh, use the pyramid of success to help teach coaches in the areas they're trying to influence um, baseball and young coaches, uh, the development leagues, they want coaches to be better trained. Mike Matheny, the current manager of the Royals, wrote a great book called The Matheny Manifesto, uh, which is a great book for parents to think about what they should, what their role is in their development of their kids. But in that book, uh, Mike writes about 20 pages on Coach Wooden that he, uh, someone he never met, but who descri he describes Coach as really his model and role model and mentor for what a great coach is all about. Oh, well, there's a, I'm sure there's a story in there somewhere about uh, opportunity and drive and all that with, with uh, the, the Dominican development uh, that we could spend a whole podcast talking about, right? <laughs> and we certainly could. Yeah. It's been a, been a great experience going down there and teaching and working with those. So we actually are still, We've actually had a 15-week process going to certify a couple of people in the Royals organization. That's one of the things that we're doing now, trying to develop what we call certified wooden weight coaches to be able to teach this process and share it and implement it in your organization. I love it. I love it. I got a, I got a good friend of mine who is a big fan of all things Kansas City because he's from uh, Kansas City. So, uh when he hears this and hears that shout out, he is, uh, this is going to automatically be his favorite episode. So there you go. <laughs> uh, so well, they've done, pre they've done pretty good re uh, recently, haven't they? <laughs> oh yeah, no, definitely. I mean, yeah. it's, it's hard to argue with some of the success. I mean, you know, what was it? Two, three years ago, the Royals won the world series. Yeah, it hasn't been, uh, hasn't been, uh, that long ago. And the chiefs obviously were a super bowl, uh, champs very recently. And my guess is it won't be too long. They'll be back there again. Yeah, yeah. Well, exactly. And again, there's a lot there to to to, to talk about with that because that culture and you know, uh, you know, talk about somebody like a Patrick Mahomes, right? A, a player, uh, you know, that that's somebody like I just I, I'm not a Kansas City Chiefs fan. Uh, I joke I don't have a football team anymore because mine changed their their team name uh, to just football team. <laughs> uh, but, uh, I love watching that, that kid play. And like, he's, he's the first, he's the first person I've seen play. I say kid. He, I mean, he's, he's a grown man. Uh, but he, he's the first person I've seen play with that level of like love and drive and passion for the game since maybe early Brett Favre. Yeah. 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 His enthusiasm is uh, is very contagious. It's not an accident that enthusiasm is the second block uh, on Coach Wooden's pyramid of success. He, when he built the pyramid, he built it from the bottom up, and he started like you build anything of a strong. He started with a strong foundation, and started with the two cornerstones: industriousness and enthusiasm. 
Um, and he described enthusiasm as something that brushes off upon those who uh, you come into contact and that you must truly enjoy what you're doing. Uh, in fact, you have to love what you're doing if you're ever going to uh, do it at the level that you're, you're uh, totally capable and competent. It's only when you marry industriousness, the hard work and effort that you put in and coach believe you can only, you're likely to only reach that level of sustained effort over a period of time doing something that you really love. I mean, all of us are, have had jobs that we've had to work very hard at for a period of time, things that we didn't like to do, but it's very difficult to sustain that. It's the things that we love to do that likely we're able to work at as hard as we can go at it for a longer period of time. It's that joy and enthusiasm that helps sustain the most important effort. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. I mean, and that's, you know, I think that's one of the big issues with folks today, right? Is they got sold on this idea of, you know, look, you only have to work for such a period of time of your life. Do do whatever job you can get to put food on the table. And, you know, sure, there there's certain times where that's what you have to do because that's what you have to do. But getting stuck kind of in that rut, like what you're talking about, and just being miserable with life, hating your job, hating all the circumstances versus being in love with and being passionate with what you really want to do. Those are two totally different lives to lead, right? Oh, they, they sure are. And again, I think this starts uh, with, you know, the basic contention uh, in our book, Earl, that life is really about how well you coach yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, the success that you have in life. I mean, luckily, we all have people that there is no such thing as a self-made person everybody's helped to where they get to by somebody else uh, along the way. But ultimately, it's going to come down to, to your ability. I think your true success comes down to your ability to effectively coach yourself. Uh, but the joy and happiness that you're going to experience is likely going to come from your opportunity to help and serve and develop others. But you've got to take the responsibility, right? And interestingly, like in our coaching model, and this is where it started with Coach Wooden. It all starts with the quality of your thinking. If you haven't got your thoughts right and your mind right, and uh, then your actions and your attitude are gonna follow. Uh, if you're not feeling good about things, it's probably because you're not thinking well about things. You're not thinking about things with the right, as what Coach might call the, the proper perspective. Uh, we kind of challenge people in, in our book to, to take seriously the idea that everything starts with your thinking. As a matter of fact, we have a couple of simple exercises to, to get people to, to think about their thinking. Uh, even, you know, everybody has their daily to-do list. Uh, we like to challenge people to have uh, them put together a daily to-think list. Um, I, I like to challenge one of the things that brushed off on me from Coach Wooden was his passion for learning. I've always been, I think, intellectually inquisitive. I always like to know how things work and why people did what they did and things like that. It's just as a kid, I, I think I kind of paid attention to those things. Um, but thinking about your thinking is really an important activity and challenging yourself to learn something every day that you're gonna find useful what did I learn today that I didn't know yesterday 
that might help me or might help somebody else. And when you begin to focus your, your mind on improving your mind, it's amazing what it does to how you're feeling about things and then the actions that you're likely to take every day. Um, most of the, you know, most of the experiences we have, most of the bad experiences often happen because we're too caught up on our, in ourselves. Uh, we spend too much, way too much time thinking about ourselves. Um, you know, I think the coach used to have a phrase, um, I don't want to think less of myself. I just need to think of myself less. <laughs> uh, so when you know when we're focused on others and things that could help others, uh, it, it usually does a, a little better job with their own attitudes and our own actions. Yeah, no, I agree, and, and I love what you said there about about thinking and and being curious and and looking to learn something every day. And, and I think the one thing that a lot of people uh, and I'm speaking kind of in general terms here. So uh, some of my listeners are going to identify directly with this. And some of them are going to think I'm crazy. But I think what a lot of people miss is that you can learn from just about anywhere. Like, like I, I can't tell you how many times my business partner and I, we've been chatting about something. I'll just pull out and be like, hey, did, did you see this movie? And he'll get, no, why? <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and there'll be a quote or something that I heard in the movie. And I'm like, that, that, that was brilliant. Um, like, I love the Batman uh, Dark Knight series because uh, Alfred was such a source of wisdom uh, throughout that series. And he gave a lot of nice little pearls of wisdom. Right, right. But that's not where you typically think you're going to get pearls of wisdom from is, is a uh, superhero movie, right? Right. Well, you know, it's funny you should say that, uh, Earl. I, I'm uh, kind of on a mission. I haven't accomplished this task yet, but I think America right now needs someone that th that can coach and teach them every week. Uh, I, I think it's a Coach America series, and every week the families of America could sit down in front of their TVs and have a coach like John Wooden teach them the most important lessons for life and success. And Coach Wooden's life is the perfect script from the time he was a kid coming through the depression, his relationship, getting through high school and college, his entire coaching career, and then the life he lived afterwards. Every week there could be a powerful episode based on Coach Wooden's life and his wisdom and his maxims and his pyramid of success America needs a coach today that can give us these less remind us, uh, you know, I don't know whether he was a coach and, or a pastor. If Coach Wooden was a pastor, he'd be the pastor of the Church of Common Sense. Uh, <laughs> and unfortunately, common sense isn't very common anymore. And uh, there's a lot of teaching we've got to do to get people back to some fundamentals that we're forgetting and because we're forgetting them, it's taking us down a lot, a lot of roads that's causing an awful lot of problems today. So, you know, we need to get back to that church of common sense <laughs> and, and find a teacher like a Coach Wooden. You know, he's, Coach was kind of this combination of um, uh, 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 sort of Mr. Rogers, uh, a fellow named Carl Rogers, who was the father of modern day um, 
philosophy and psychology. Uh, and Will Rogers, who was, you know, one of the early, uh, one of one of our early philosophers, uh, who had a lot of wisdom for the culture and the time in which he was living. And so, Coach is really that rare combination of the of the psychologist, the humorist, and the teacher uh, who can share such wisdom uh, in so many powerful ways. You know, and again, I know I've said this a few times, but I really like what you just said there because, you know, when when you think about it, and, and this is how I know what what, what you're saying here is 100% accurate and, and viable, when you think about it, that was a big role of TV back in the days. It was. It was. You know, the, the Andy Griffith show was <laughs> great for that. Um, yeah. You know, even up, you, you mentioned, uh, you know, coaching. I, I don't know how many people listening will remember the TV series Coach with Craig T. Nelson, but. I do remember it. Yes. That's what I'm referring to. Kind of a modern day version of that show, but based not on clever scripts based on the reality and the history and the life lessons of Coach Wood. And yeah, I'm talking about a modern day Craig Robinson, literally Coach John Wooden would be would be our coach and his life can teach us for years lessons that the country could need very needs very badly. It, it would be a great Netflix series. Hey, look, I, I, I don't know how to make that happen, but I'm hoping somebody listening does. Uh, because yeah, whether, you know, Netflix, Amazon prime, or even if it's just on major network, I, I think you're right. I think, I think people would love it. And, and, and again, how we know that's true. That's kind of what some of the more, still some of the more popular TV shows like, uh, was one blackish, you know, one of the reasons that is so popular is because it really gives, uh, people like me who are not, uh, members of the black community, a really kind of raw, gritty kind of insight into the black community. Uh, I love it. I, we got to figure out how to make this happen. I, that, that's going to be my mission. I'm going to see how, if I can figure out uh, uh, somebody well, I know, know. Yeah, well, let's do that. Well, I'll connect those dots. I actually, uh, uh, two years ago, attended, there's an annual event at the UCLA Anderson School of Business where they give an annual award uh, in John Wooden's name, a leadership award. And a couple of years ago, they gave it to the CEO of Netflix. And I heard him stand up in front of five or 600 people and talk about how badly he needed values-based content. Uh, and he was, at that point, he was talking about competing against Disney and some, you know, there are so many now, so many competitors he has uh, in this streaming media business, but he really, he was talking about the need for uh, values-based content. And there is no greater body of values-based content out there than the life and teachings of Coach John Wooden. Short of the Bible, Earl, there, there is no greater body of teaching uh, than, than Coach Wooden's life and experiences. Uh, the 19 books he's, he's read, the, the stories of his teams. His, the story of he and his wife is the greatest love story never told. Mm. They spent 53 years together. The only, uh, he likes to say, the only hands he ever held, the only lips he ever kissed. He said, well, that wasn't true with her. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, there was a period, I guess, when he went away to college, when she actually had another boyfriend who ended up being a five-star general. 
And I think she often kidded him about, hey, you know, I could have ended up with that big military guy. Uh, <laughs> but she really didn't want anybody other than John Wooden. But, you know, um, when Coach Wooden teaches loyalty on the pyramid of success, and he can point to a life of the kind of marriage that all of America wishes they had, 53 years of loving, devoted fidelity, loyalty beyond the grave, a man who wrote a man who wrote love letters to his wife every month on the anniversary of her death for 25 years and mm -hmm. took them to her grave and kept those letters. Uh, a man who, uh, he was interviewed by Rick Riley, the editor of Sports Illustrated, uh, about 60 days before he passed away on the subject of loyalty. And he said to Rick, uh, to Rick Riley, that he was still keeping his promise that there would never be another. And and Rick said, well, you're still in love with her, aren't you? Oh, I'm very much in love with her, he said. Mm -hmm. So early, he'd say, where is that kind of love and loyalty and devotion today? And where's a story like that that inspires America to get back to the idea of what marriage should be? I love it. And it's a very good question. It's a very, very good question. Um, and and uh, yeah, I don't know what I can do. I don't know if anybody <laughs> listening knows anybody that can do anything. But uh, yeah, let's see if we can make this happen. I, I really hope if nothing else comes out of this podcast, let's see if we can make that happen. <laughs> that sounds like a sounds like a, a grand vision. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm trying to connect those dots in every way we can. Yeah, you know, no. I, I was in, I was in a meeting yesterday, Earl, with a, a really interesting group of uh, men. Uh, seven, uh, they're all. Uh, it's part of a group called Young Presidents (YPO), and there were uh, six guys around the table. I, I can't, I won't say their names or their companies' names, but these guys were pretty big hitters. There, there were, there literally were two billionaires sitting at the table and four other guys who had companies that were, you know, at least 150 million in sales, very successful men. And we were talking about many of these same, same principles and uh, the challenges that they were thinking about in being a great head coach of their firm, but that also connected to being a great head coach of their own families. Mm -hmm. um, I, I shared a letter that I wrote to my son uh, a, a year ago when he graduated from high school in these COVID times. And it's a letter I couldn't have written uh, if I hadn't spent 20 years listening to Coach Wooden and the lessons, the things that he taught me. Uh, Earl, I'd, I'm not, uh, and, and hopefully I can say this all evening, I'm the last guy in the world that ought to be teaching uh, John Wooden from a, from a character and integrity standpoint. I've spent you know, I've spent my whole lifetime just trying to figure out how to be a better guy. And, and and when I met John Wooden, I knew I really had to accelerate that process, made a lot of mistakes in my life. And but it's you know, if you're going to learn not to drink, you probably ought to be talking to a reformed alcoholic yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in, in doing that. So I take, you know, the opportunity that the good Lord's given me to work with a man like John uh, and maybe just the reason he did was just to give me a chance to share from my heart, ultimately, how he can change your life. That's a little bit of what we tried to share in the book, because what I've learned from Coach Wooden really has helped to transform 
my life, particularly around ideas like loyalty. Um, I grew up, uh, I'm a third generation abandoned son. My dad left when I was three and I found out his dad had left and his dad had left. And we had Garen men walking away from their boys for over a hundred years. And one of my goals in life was to break that chain of abandonment which I've been able to do with my two boys and my two grandsons. So if I accomplished nothing else that mattered in my life, I now I now know that Garen men will be taking care of their kids for the next generation, not walking away from them. Mm. No, I love that. And thank you for sharing that, uh, that, that personal piece there. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, but that's just the, the, the power that people like a John Wooden have in our lives. So, you know, for me, it was my grandfather. And it's, it's funny you mentioned, uh, you know, the alcohol thing. That was kind of his story. And, uh, you know, I remember asking one day, I was like, you know, well, what got you to stop drinking? He said, well, I came home drunk one day and your grandmother met me at the front door, saw me wobbling in. She <laughs> said something to me and I snapped back something at her and she proceeded to take her shoe off. And she smacked <laughs> me right in my forehead with the heel of her shoe. <laughs> and she told me. If you ever get drunk again, I'm leaving with the kids. Mm-hmm. And I never drunk another drop after that. Oh, and, and, great story. Yeah. And, and, but that's what it takes, right? I mean, sometimes it, it, it takes that, that person uh, in, in our lives to help us deal with those things because we're all human. We all have them. Um, but that's just that power of, of somebody like that. And, you know, it's clear when you share, you know, your story and, and, and your, your piece there that it really was seeing what, I mean, I'll just put it this way, seeing what a man could actually be that made you want to be more like that man. Yes. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Well, Lynn, look, we've been talking here for a little over 50 minutes, and and while we never really reference it 100% directly, everything we've been talking about is within the pages of the book, uh, Coach Em Way Up, Five Lessons for Leading the John Wooden Way. And listeners, I'm going to say this right now. I've endorsed a bunch of books on this show. Um, I've told you uh, on a few occasions that there are some of these books that you need to buy, maybe buy multiple copies and make sure you have at least one sitting on your desk as a quick reference. Add this to that list. This is a book you need. I don't want you to, to think that there's an option here. You need to buy this book and have it handy. Um, but Lynn, is, is there anything that we haven't had a chance to touch on yet that you just really want to make sure that the listeners are left with before we go? Well, I think just this, uh, the passion that we have for the idea of coaching yourself way up, this book can be really helpful there. Uh, we have a website, uh, the John R. Wooden course.com where we have a tool, very simple little tools, uh, taking the individual assessment, um, Earl is a great way to get this process started of taking a good hard look at yourself and giving yourself, you know, kind of a blueprint. Uh, In our assessment, we have a 30 day playbook. So you get a chance to not only assess yourself, but then go to work on it uh, for uh, for a period of days. And you'll really start to make some real progress uh, going to that place where you want to be as a person. You know, we talk about with Coach Wooden, that it's all about a, a, a journey. Um, 
Coachwood was once described by a guy named Dick Enberg, one of the Hall of Fame broadcasters of our age. Uh, at Coach's memorial service, um, he shared that John Wooden's greatness was only exceeded by his goodness. Mm. And, and, and Earl, that comes together in a way, you know, John Wooden's final words, one of the things that we share in the book is the story of basically John Wooden's uh, deathbed, the final moments of his life when he's surrounded by his pastor and his family. And his pastor asked him if there was any scripture he'd like to read. Uh, and this was, you know, literally within hours before Coach passed into eternity to be with his beloved wife. And he said he wanted to hear the great commandment uh, from both, uh, I think it's in both Matthew and Luke. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your spirit, and love your neighbor as yourself. That was the fine, that was the scripture he wanted to hear. And the pastor, a very interesting guy, Dudley Rutherford, asked him, uh, ask a dying man this question, coach, how did that go for you? <laughs> That's a pretty <laughs> tough question to ask a dying man. How did that go for you? And John Wooden's words were, I'm still working on it. <laughs> and then wow. Dudley asked him one more question. And these literally was the last words that came out of Coach Wooden's mouth. He said, Coach, which one are you working on right now? And John Wooden's final words were, loving God. Mm. Loving God. So the man knew what his priorities were right down to his final breath. I love it. I love it. No, thank you very much for that. I really appreciate it. And this this last, uh, you know, 55 minutes to an hour here has just completely uh, flown by. I, I kind of wish that we had another six or seven hours to spend chatting here. Well, uh, let's do another one. <laughs> hey, uh, you know what? If, if, if you are down, I'm down because uh, this has been fantastic, sir. Well, I, I know the word is uh, down with it. That's what my 19-year-old son says. But I'd have to say, because of the title of the book, I'd have to be up with it. Coach him way up. <laughs> hey, I love it. Uh, you, you got me. I love it. Let's All right, do Earl. It. So before we, uh, before we break here, um, what is a great way for people to get a copy of the book, find out more about you and what you're doing, maybe reach out, and serious listeners, okay, uh, I, that's a great thing with podcasts. You never know who's going to be listening. If anybody right. has any insight on in how to get a show going, uh, listen to the information that Len's getting ready to share, and I'll share mine here in a little bit, but reach out to us. If we can get this thing going, I mean, it writes itself. It, like We've been talking about the Pyramid of Success. That'd be a great name for a show. And the first 25 uh, episodes, first season or two, uh, write themselves just by following the pyramid. So... This is kind of an instant success. Just add money, right? <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> so, so how just can they add reach some, mo some money and some creativity and a sense of mission. Yeah, <laughs> well, the, the, the book is available pretty much everywhere. Obviously, probably Amazon sells more books than anybody today. So if you go to Amazon and uh, just uh, put in the title, Coach Him Way Up, or you put in my name, Lynn Guerin, uh, you're, you're likely going to find a place to be able to buy it. Uh, we have a website, the thejohnrwoodencourse.com. Uh, there's also a website at coachemwayup.com uh, where the book uh, is available. Um, 
So uh, Borders and a lot of the other major stores are selling it online. So wherever you're finding uh, you know, books today, you can find Coach Em Way Up. It's uh, published by Entrepreneur Press, um, and, and they're, they're a pretty legitimate uh, group. So the book is easily available. And then the other things like the uh, individual success assessment, just go to our website, the johnrwoodencourse.com, and, and you'll see the information that you need. Also, if you're interested in becoming a certified wooden weight coach, if you're a teacher, a coach, a business executive, and you'd like to, to be involved in teaching and sharing these uh, incredible messages, uh, we'd love to help make you part of the John R. Wooden coaching team and, uh, and, and would love to get this in the middle of your life and give you a big opportunity to help others as well. I love it. And I will obviously, uh, listeners, I'll have those uh, links, those websites and resources in uh, the show notes for you to be able to get to there as, as easy as possible. Want to remove any obstacles to clicking on those links. So there you go. Again, Lynn, thank you very much for spending this last hour or so. And, and uh, again, uh, whenever you're ready to come back, you have an open door invitation. <laughs> well, I, I, I love the conversation uh, just to share sense of energy and mission to it, Earl. I love what you're doing and uh, the messages and messaging you're trying to get to your audience. It's work that really needs to be done. And congratulations on the great work you're doing. Well, thank you very much for that. And listeners, thank you for doing your part. You know, thank you for listening to the show. Thank you for getting on there and, and uh, rating and subscribing and, and reviewing the shows and sharing them with your friends. So all these great messages like Lens and, and, and Coach Wooden's uh, get shared far and wide. That That's a big role that you play in this process. And thank you for that. Uh, if you want to reach out to me, you know, burden.command at gmail.com. Uh, if you have any of those connections we've talked about, if you have any comments, questions, or concerns, uh, feel free to hit me up there. Uh, hey, Earl, uh, if I could add, uh, feel free. I'd, uh, I'd love to uh, personally just my email if you're interested in uh, coaching or you just want to chat about some of these things in life. Uh, that's uh, I'm at LG. Uh, my uh, email is lg at tjrwc.com. It stands for the John Irwin course. LG, my initials, at tjrwc.com. Outstanding. And I'll have those links in the show notes as well there, folks. And thank you for, for adding that. I really appreciate that. Uh, with that, listeners, thank you for your time. And I look forward to speaking with you again in the next episode. Welcome to Transforming 45, the podcast that celebrates the incredible power of passionate voices. I'm your host, Lisa Boat. Join me in conversation with heart-led humans who share their deeply personal stories of transformation. Transforming 45 is here to uplift, connect, and remind you that it's never too late to write your next chapter. So get ready to be inspired, empowered, and transformed. Join me in this community where through powerful storytelling, we heal and reclaim our inherent magic. Electric acid.
Ever thought about starting your own podcast? Do you have a business or a message you want to share with the world? Well, now it's easier than ever with Electricast. Hi, I'm Mark Netter. And I'm Peter Rafelson. We're the founders of Electricast Media. Whether you want to start a new podcast or already have one, join Electricast to grow your audience, monetize your content, and build your community. With our simple sign-up, you get free promotion, world-class analytics, premium ads, and personal support. Go to Electricast.com and join our community today. Electricast. Transform your influence. Electricast.